Okay, something is not right. You sound like an alien baby. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I'm gonna have to play this back to you at some point because it is a lot. <laughs> is this better? Oh my god, yes, I can hear you're human. <laughs> Hello. I've been having so many mic problems. This is why I actually took an extra time to get to you. Perfect. Okay. 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 Wait. What mic problem makes that happen? I think it's because I'm. I have multiple inputs, and so it just takes all of them. The other day, I was screaming, and apparently, I sounded like like three times sped up. So I was just like a chipmunk. It sounded like an alien chipmunk baby robot is what it sounded well, like. Way to call me out um, there. I so. mean, I'm, this, this is what I am now. Uh, well, you're you're human now. We've like we, we've <laughs> translated that the automatic translator is working. So um, it's it's good to have you here. For me. Yeah. Um, God, alien squirrel baby robot you're just like a lot of things i'm a lot of things it's yeah true. i'm also slightly intimidated not gonna lie <laughs> oh no why uh, okay i'll just go full honest Please. confession here like between between you christine love and avi you guys are like my holy trinity of cool people <laughs> oh <laughs> And I'm just like, oh my gosh, what am I gonna say? What am I- <laughs> don't say anything stupid. No, this is it's a safe space to say stupid things. <laughs> um, but that's so funny that you're intimidated. I mean, well, it's not. I mean, it's not funny. It's that's real. Um, I don't mean to belittle your you're feelings. Like, good, they're real. Good. good, yeah. I want my guests intimidated. This because I'm gonna <laughs> like I did. I don't know if you listened to the Christine episode, but I nardwired her very hard. Um, oh my gosh listen to it i'm so excited <laughs> is that a reference that that you get i know you're not uh canadian so uh i you know i missed it but we're gonna roll with it that's cool nardwar is a guy who um wore a funny hat i guess he still does mm-hmm. he's still with us okay and um he interviews celebrities for basically canadian mtv okay and um but he would always um, dig up like just really, really old stuff. Um, oh my gosh. Like not to like gotcha them or anything, but just be like, hey, do you remember when you did this collab with like someone else like 20 years ago and like no one's heard of it? And then so like I give really them a copy of the record. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so I may have done a little digging, but. Um, Excellent. But I don't think it's going to be like Christine where I. I already had that in the back of my head. I had this game that she had made um, like almost 10 years ago uh, that, that no one remembers anymore that I, um, that I just name dropped. But I was looking at your web stuff because I, I don't know you that well. Um, Mm -hmm. We, we've never met in person for the listener. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But um, we've been following each other for a while, but mm-hmm. I learned a lot in the last half hour. Um, <laughs> I think you may be the guest most likely to be an international super spy. Oh my gosh! Um, because here's my here are my like th- my criteria for that. Um, you speak like four languages, I think. <laughs> poorly but yes okay but still more than more than none <laughs> when <laughs> i like i basically just speak the one and when i say i speak others poorly i mean i know high school french um <laughs> i can fake some spanish because it's almost the same language right right and i've forgotten all but 10 words of the class that i took on mandarin um in college oh, so uh, that's poorly for me. That's nothing. I'm sure you're like far more capable than that. But so languages? Languages. You've moved around a lot. I have. Which is something that like an international person of mystery would to get do. around. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you are a martial artist. I am. So you may be the deadliest guest I've had on this show. <laughs> <laughs> um, you do judo. Is that right? Yeah, so I did I did a bunch of martial arts. Um I did kickboxing probably for the longest, probably like eight years. Oh my god. Um and then I realized that I just I really hate getting hit in the face. It's <laughs> not great. <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> 
And so I had a boyfriend in college who was like, hey, you should try some grappling sports. Like, you should come to my judo club. And I was like, okay, yeah, sure. Um, And that was it. Like, I was hooked. Like, I am a super lazy person. But the one thing I love more than lying down is winning. And so (laughs) there's just something about judo that I was like, oh, yeah, it's like competitive hugging and throwing. (laughs) That sounds great when you describe it that way. It's less kicking in the face. I find because that is a pretty big component of the striking arts Mm -hmm. um, is the striking part of it. Um, They trick you with the art part. It's like, oh, it's we're going to it's art. (laughs) It's expressive. We're going to have fun. But then there was the martial and it's like someone is kicking me in the face and that hurts. Why why am I doing what comes in your head? (laughs) Um, I as did many children in my uh, in my hometown and school, uh, took martial arts lessons when I was very small. It was sort of um, there was I think this boom in maybe the U.S. as well, probably the U.S. because Canada doesn't really have its own trends. We sort of like just karate stuff. Yes, there was like yeah, a big uh, totally. karate boom, and then also taekwondo really boomed oh, yeah, in the nineties. Sure. Yeah, so. Um, uh, I did Taekwondo briefly and then That's karate briefly. See, and- I'm Korean and I never did Taekwondo and I feel uh-huh. kind of like ashamed. <laughs> I did, let's see, I did karate, Muay Thai, um, various kickboxing forms. Uh, I did Iaido, which is like the sword stuff. That's like the sword um, drawing art, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. It was crazy. I did a little Tai Chi, which was really hard, much harder than it looks. Um Judo, and then my judo coach also made us do wrestling, so I did wrestling as well. That's so many. It's a lot. So many ways to like to incapacitate someone. (laughs) That's wild. Um, wait. So uh, Muay Thai is as like a form of kickboxing, right? Yeah. Is it Thai kickboxing? I believe Thai kickboxing. Yeah. Right. So um. specific stance where you're kind of, your arms are pretty high up, a lot of like knees and clinching, stuff like that. Right. Okay. So as someone who doesn't know much about martial arts, I, um, I have to confess that, um, the way that I keep a lot of these things straight in my head is like, okay, which fighting game character? (laughs) So like, we're talking Sagat, right? This is Sagat. Exactly. Okay, cool. So like tiger shots. (laughs) Oh yeah, and you tiger have to actually yell tiger everything while you. That do is it. the hardest part of it. Very exactly. tiring. Very hard on the vocal cords. I know, right? Um, but no, there. But there, I guess there is a lot. Okay, but in a grappling art, so like in striking stuff, mm-hmm. um, a lot of it. Well, maybe not a lot. I'm talking out of my ass right now. But like, there is a lot of yelling because you're doing ki's. Yeah. Like when you're yeah, like exactly. You know, you're exhaling your force and spirit with each blow. Mm-hmm. So, like with grappling, it's a, a is it quieter? Um, it can be. I find so in judo, we do also learn and do ki if you want. My coach was kind of super informal about stuff. He mostly just wanted us to be good. Um, and so a lot of us went through like training that we didn't do like belt tests and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Like he gave us promotions if we competed, um, and won, um, and proved that our skills were earned, um, through competition or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and likewise, he was pretty informal about, uh, traditional judo things, um, like Kiai. Um, but at least in judo, uh, the moment for Kiai is like right before you fight. And so you see people go in and then they'll just be like, ha, or whatever. Um, and so we'd actually been talking about it one one practice, and he's like, "All right, everyone, I want to hear your best ki." And like, we're like, we're fighting, and it's uh, the sparring part is called randori. And so we're in randori, and I'm fighting someone, and I finally get this throw in on someone, and I just let out my best ki, and it goes, <laughs> eh. <laughs> Everyone heard it in that moment. I was like, and he just, my coach just stared at me and he's like, really? (laughs) That reminds me of like in fighting games, like Mm -hmm. if you, so people joke a lot about how like, oh, if you put tennis on and I'm like, leave the room or something, it Uh sounds like people might be playing tennis or they might be doing something else. Um, Exactly. But if you do like, the women, yes, exactly. But it's way worse with most fighting games because like the noises that people make, 
it's like, are you sure that's the sound you make when you get hit by a sword? Are you sure? Like, oh, God. I hadn't considered that. Are you sure, Ivy from Soul Calibur? Like, is that really... Oh, is my that really, God. Oh, my God. I, Actually, I just remembered. I totally forgotten about this. But um, years ago, mm-hmm. um, I had made this Tumblr that was like audio clips of um of those kinds of things of like when like female characters in video games got hurt like what the games thought that should sound like and it was always like really like really i remember (laughs) when like the new tomb raider came out and i just i watched like the the e3 preview of it or whatever and just listening to lara's like like hurt noises i was like oh really like no one noticed that this sounds really sexual Mm-hmm. it's like it was bad actually yeah it's a lot like when i was doing research for that i remember um finding like people had basically written like little weird arrow short stories on youtube just <laughs> using like oh, like no. audio from like soul caliber or something but like just with like wow. captions underneath um wow yeah which is like that is very dedicated considering you I'm could impressed. just like read or like look at porn that someone had drawn of those characters like i guess they went one extra step yeah it's like real machinima um realness (laughs) i don't know (laughs) um yeah yeah um (sighs) yeah oh i guess for people listening who don't know i am five foot one and i'm like 110 pounds so wow. I am like, you make me sound deadly. But <laughs> I am like, but the you don't need to be big person. to be deadly. Like that's, you're unassuming and no one will know that you're like this, like mystery, like rogue agent who's Maybe. like, yeah, you're just like blending in to like, you know, because he speaks many languages and you're like, when you have to take someone out, when they pull a gun, you're just like, No. For the record, I would I would never imply that you are associated with the CIA <laughs> or any other similar organization. I'm talking I'm about the romanticized, like, born identity kind of, like, rogue agent sort of thing. I would love to work for, like, a secret, like, gay organization. That's like... <laughs> ah, that sounds like a comic. It should be a there comic. There almost definitely is Ooh, a comic right with that premise. <laughs> Um, I've never had to act. I think I will. The only fights I've gotten into in real life are like fights when I was like a little kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I still remember this boy on the bus. His name was Brett Bomforth. I still remember. That's a, turned out to, that's <laughs> such a bully name. Oh my god. <laughs> He's covered in freckles. He actually turned out to be a nice person, but then he was super racist. And I just moved to Connecticut from Tokyo, and so I was already like it was culture shock. Um, but I remember he spent an entire year harassing me on the bus and asking me why my face looked that way. And I was really confused because I hadn't encountered racism much until that uh-huh. point. And at the end, I just got so annoyed. Like it was, I wasn't even mad at the racism. I was pretty young. I was just mad that he kept annoying me on the bus. Mm-hmm. So I shoved him into a seat and punched him in the eye. <laughs> <laughs> and he went home crying. And the very next day... Uh, the principal met with us, and that is why now my hometown has um, Asian Culture Day at my elementary school. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, my God. You, oh, that's <laughs> incredible. And then the other time I got into a fight, which I used to be super embarrassed about telling, but everyone has convinced me it's a cool story. So um, I was in Korea. I was out, like, partying with a friend. I don't like clubbing, but we were out dancing, whatever. And when I was super wasted. Um, and... <laughs> Uh, there's a part of Seoul that a lot of like American GIs hang out in because the U.S. Army base is there. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's these three GIs at the club, and it's like two tall, pretty like cool looking dudes just chilling. And then they're like one short, really white ass friend. And of course, he's the one that comes over and he's like, <sighs> he goes, Hey, ladies, <laughs> which is a great starter. Hey, ladies, want to dance? And we're like, nah, man, we're just having a girl's night. Like, thanks, though. And we walked away. And then he kept following us around the club. He's like, oh, come on. Like, let's dance, you know? And I'm I'm drunk. And I'm like, oh, what the fuck with this guy? My friend's like, just ignore him. They're all like this. And he was like, oh, you guys speak really good English. Like, let's <laughs> learn English. And we're like, uh, and I was like, well, I'm American. And my friend went to the American school. And he was like, 
that's great. And he, he like pulls on his like lapels. He's wearing his fatigues. And he's like, me too. <laughs> and, and we're like, all right, man. And so we walked away again. But this time he got mad. And so he slapped my ass. And he was like, whatever, bitch. <laughs> and I was in like peak judo form at the time. And I'd been competing. And I just turned around and I grabbed his lapels. And there's like this, most judo throws are like hip throws where you turn around and throw them over you. Mm-hmm. But this throw is like a you step past them and trip them backwards kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And the floor were like these clear plastic disco floors with the lights coming through. And I I cracked it with his head. <laughs> <laughs> And I just felt like bouncer hands descend on me. And then I was just outside immediately. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And, yeah, that's, that's why I'm that's like. That's incredible. <laughs> You're a hero. <laughs> you are my hero. You're like, oh, my God. You're such an inspiration. It's probably the dumbest thing I've ever done, but it felt good. I mean, yeah. No, it's. Oh, that's just very good, though. <laughs> Those two stories, like, are not diminishing. Like, if you were hoping to, like, play down your stature through those stories, like, they had the opposite effect, basically. <laughs> but, okay, wait. So, you... Wh- okay, so when did you move to... Uh, uh, what state was it? Uh, well, actually, I guess I lived in Pennsylvania before Connecticut. Okay. So I was born in Korea. Mm-hmm. We moved to Tokyo when I was like a year old and stayed there for about five years. Mm-hmm. Um, we moved to Pennsylvania. So I, I lived there for about a year in, um, let's see, 96. And then 97, we moved to Connecticut. And then I spent most of my life in Connecticut. And then we went back to Asia every summer or so. Yeah. And now you're in L.A.? I just moved to the Bay, actually. From oh, you're LA. in the Bay now. Yeah, I had no idea. I, always, I think of you as a as an LA person. You know, I feel like I have never felt a city that feels like home more than LA does. Like I, I moved to LA, and I was like, ah, oh, I belong here with all the weird, shallow people. <laughs> <laughs> so, what, how recently did you move to the Bay? Like the, this month, last month? Like like three months ago, I think. Okay, how are you liking yeah. it? Um, I'm in the South Bay. I actually was living in the Bay before LA, moved to LA to be with Patrick. And then Patrick moved to the Bay like four months after I moved down there. And so mm-hmm. I was like, I'll just stay here. Um, I like the Bay. It's, I like Oakland. I'm in, I'm in Sunnyvale, which is also pretty cool. Um, the city itself is, is beautiful and has so much history, but I, it's just so gentrified. <laughs> I just like when I was living there, I just had like maybe it's just because I was dating shitty like tech people. <laughs> it colored my experience of the city. So I'm like, eh. but Oakland's cool. Yeah, I um, I spent a little bit of time in the Bay Area and like even putting aside the, you know, the climate, like the tech climate and everything. Yeah. Just like just San Francisco is overwhelming to me. It's like yeah. and I live in New York somehow, which so that's weird. But like it's so mall but there's so much yeah, and like it's, it's so dense. windy and there's just like a lot <laughs> happening like sensorily speaking yeah uh, and it's it's just like a lot so I could definitely see like living outside of there like in South yeah. Bay or something yeah but, totally yeah, yeah. It, it's it's way more chill I, I wasn't sure if like suburb life would like bore me or not but I mean all I do is work anyway so uh-huh. <laughs> and there's such good food here that's all I need really Mm, yeah, that is important. So, um, Wait, you, so you lived in New York? I live in New York. Oh, you live in New York. Okay. Yeah. Wow. How did I not know that? Um, I don't talk about it very often. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, um, for a long time, my wiki page, which I kind of wish didn't exist, uh, said that I lived in the UK and that I was born there. Um, oh, wow. Neither okay. of which was true. I like... I liked when it had all these inaccuracies on it, but like, unfortunately, <laughs> right. they've all been fixed. Uh, no, yeah, I was living in Toronto for a long time. Okay. And yeah, I just assumed you were still in Toronto. Yeah, no, I um, I moved down here a couple months ago. Cool. Um, How do you like it? Uh, I like it a lot. It's uh, it's great. I mean, uh, I feel guilty all the time for like not taking advantage <laughs> more of being I feel here you. because like. I spend a lot of time also working and, mm-hmm. um, for me, uh, that means not going out. 
Um, expensive anyway. <laughs> it is expensive. Like it's also like I have really quickly turned into one of those people who's like, oh, I could go out and like spend money on transit and on like expensive drinks, or like people could just come to my sweet apartment. Yeah, like, exactly. We have cheap beer here, and like I won't have to go anywhere. And like way more comfortable. It's so yeah, nice. Exactly. There's like not loud music because I'm old and I can't stand that. <laughs> and I just exactly. basically let's just forget the whole thing and I'll just stay in and oh, that's exactly go to sleep at I ten do. o'clock. That's yeah. I'm great. like people can come to me. Fine. Yeah. Well, I feel like if you have if you have somewhere that you can have people over, you should. Like, why not? Yeah. I grew so I grew up like going to New York City like all the time. My mm-hmm. sister's a New Yorker, like, diehard New Yorker, and so like sometimes I miss it, and then. San Francisco feels pretty similar to New York City to me. Um, so when I go there, I'm like, yeah. And I'm like, uh, and I just kind of want to go home. <laughs> it's like too much stimulation. I'm like, eh. That's so interesting because like like New York and like L.A. And well, I guess not L.A. as much, but New York and like Tokyo. And I think of these as cities as like very dense, very like busy <laughs> cities. Um, yeah. And then... And now you're sort of like in the suburbs. And so is <laughs> yeah. that like, do you think you're like, you're good there and you're just like, actually, you know, this is chill and like, I want to stay here. I think like, I think deep down, I'm actually like a country girl. Like when <laughs> I lived in Connecticut, it was like the middle of nowhere. Uh-huh. Um, I called it the suburbs. And when I brought Patrick there, he's like, this is not the suburbs. This is like <laughs> rural. I was like, oh, okay. And I grew up like working on a horse farm and stuff oh, like wow. that. So like, yeah. So like. Um, I feel like I love both, but, uh, I feel like I definitely need like a quieter environment maybe because mm-hmm. mostly I just want to chill out with friends, but yeah, that makes yeah. total sense to me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm lucky to live in, uh, in Brooklyn and so nice. it's relatively quiet, at least the part that yeah. I'm in. I um, have a little more room, I feel like. Yeah, it's like there's a little more room. It's like not so hectic. Um, and when I want to, I can like go into Manhattan. And then mm-hmm. when I get overwhelmed 20 minutes later, I can get on the train again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, after I've like, yeah, like been in the Nick store or whatever for 20 minutes. I'm like, <laughs> I'm good. Um, yeah. Super real. So you um, also work from home, I assume? I do. It's great. And for people who don't know your work, you are a comic artist. I is am. I draw comics. Yeah. And you've that been... Weird. Is that weird? weird huh? I don't know that like, it's that like weird. I my job is kind of weird. Like, cool weird. I like... mean, <laughs> I guess it. maybe it's a little weird, but I feel like on this show, it's not that weird. We have a lot of... I guess of, not. Yeah. I guess you have like cool... We have a lot cool of comics people. people. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, yeah, you have been doing, are you still doing Cora? I am. I just wrapped up on the line art for book two. Um, there's going to be three books. So I've been kind of taking it easy for a little bit before getting started on like the notes I got back, but, um, on to book three and then I'm free to do my own thing and I'm going to do my own graphic novel and it's going to be awesome. Hopefully. Ah, that's so exciting. <laughs> Have you like got material for it? Like, have you been thinking about it for a long time? I, yeah, I, I had a few ideas and I went with like my lesbian gladiator pitch because I felt like it was the most me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <So>. mm-hmm. <laughs> now, when you say gladiator, do you use, is that using that in like the generic noun sense or like in the film, in like the Russell Crowe film, capital G gladiator sense? Like general terminology. Okay. Uh, it, it's like, it's a fantasy world, but sort of the gladiator uh, concept exists okay. in this city of just women. Huh. <laughs> I think there are men. I think I wrote like a note like there are dudes, but they're kind <laughs> of not in the story. So. Mm-hmm. That sounds super cool. Yeah, it'll, it'll be fun. What attracted you to the gladiator concept? I had written a bunch of short stories a long time ago about princesses and the the idea was to subvert um, the maiden tropes, basically. Mm. Um, and so I had done one um, as a a mobile comic for a company called Stila, which I think is still around. Um, and it was about like kind of dissecting the the damsel in distress trope. So it's it's one princess that saves another one, 
that may not actually have, or the princess that saves the main character seems like the damsel, but she's not. And the main one, uh, yes. So, um, and I had written a few more stories, but one of them was about, um, a princess who fights. Um, and I feel like I, I shouldn't say too much. That's cool. <laughs> but, yeah, I know. Yeah. You can hold it back. <laughs> but, uh, I wanted it to be, um, a fighter and a politician, um, having a tumultuous relationship, a complicated one. So, huh. Yeah. I wanted to do a messy relationship. That's really what I wanted to write. Uh huh. So I hope mm. I don't get like too much hate for. <laughs> oh, I think people are pretty reasonable in their, you know, I think, I think if we've learned anything over the past, you know, year or so, it's that uh, comics fans are super reasonable about, um, about issues of like representation and like, sure. Um, and like queer relationships and stuff. So, well, um, I was talking to a friend of mine, Marguerite Bennett, who also writes comics. Um, and she was, we were discussing our sort of like collective anxiety, um, to write, to write messy queer relationships, mm-hmm. um, to write problematic ones. Right. Um, and you know, chaotic ones, um, ones rife with problems, ones that real relationships have, um, because, at least with Cora fans who are slightly intimidating, um, I get a lot of messages that pressure me, even though I'm not writing it, um, into making sure that their relationship is perfect and happy all the time. Mm. Um, and I, I get it because they're afraid of the whole sad lesbians thing, mm-hmm. but I feel like there's a misunderstanding for when the content is by a queer creator, right? And, and so, <clears throat> but I've definitely gotten hate um, for, for doing that kind of stuff. So I'm like, well, here goes. Oh my God. That's awful. I, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's something that a lot of people I know have dealt with over the last little while is just like, um, how do you, I don't know, navigate fandom stuff? Because like on the one hand, it's super cool to me, Mm -hmm. like as an outside observer, because like, I don't really have um, a stake in this stuff. Um, I'm not someone who makes work that has like a fandom. Sure. Um, but like, it's really cool how on the one hand, like fans run with stuff that you, you create and like take it to places you could never have imagined it going and like, and take, and like, you know, put their own energy and stuff into it. And then like the flip side of that though, is that sometimes there's this sense of like ownership or of like, um, people projecting things, onto totally. narratives or characters that they want to be true and then when those things don't turn out to be the case getting really upset even though there was like never yeah it was exactly. always one-sided or like um or people not sort of realizing that like well part of being in a fandom is like recognizing that these are shared um characters and like your mm-hmm. interpretation is not inherently more valid than other fans um exactly yeah and, and certainly like from one perspective, isn't as valid as, like, the people who are creating the work in the first place, mm-hmm. um, which, like, canon is bullshit, like, whatever, who cares? But, like... <laughs> yeah, exactly. But also just, like, well, you're not the person who, like, made the thing. There was this quote about the Samurai Jack um, reboot the other day. Yeah. That was, like... Um, I just watched it all. It was so good. Um, I haven't seen it, actually. Um, it's beautiful. Uh-huh. You I, don't even need to have seen the original show to watch it. Yeah, <laughs> I have so seen good. some of the original. I do remember okay. a little bit of it. But there was this, this quote that someone had said, and I'm, I'm trying to like to find it right now, but it was basically just like, oh, I guess like some people were were mad about um about the ending and like, mm-hmm. well, like it was never going to be exactly what you wanted because you didn't write it. Right. Um it's like, you know, Gendy Tartakovsky. Yeah. Um or whoever um, wrote it and like, it's that person's story. And like, yeah. Um, if you love something, if you love something like, um, you know, the original oh, Samurai Jack or like this quote going around. Yeah. If you like yeah. love that or like, if you love Twin Peaks or whatever, like, you know, you should be able to be excited that like the person who made the thing that you love is getting the chance to do another thing exactly, exactly. rather than sort of, you know, tyrannically um, want it to, to satisfy your exact yeah, exactly. needs. Right. Um, someone sent that to me as a, as a, a comforting quote. Was it you actually? I can't remember. But <laughs> I did retweet it. 
I, yeah, I'd been having trouble that day and I kind of vented about like getting some, some like shitty messages from some, uh, overzealous Quora fans. And I was just like, man, I'm so, I'm just so tired of this, you know, like, and I'm worried, um, I'm tired of worrying that I'm not going to be able to please everyone, even though I know I can't please everyone. And someone sent me that quote and I was like, oh, that's really nice. Like, that's all good. Huh. I wish I could find it, but I totally know what you're talking about. <laughs> I will dig it up for the show notes in case anyone wants yeah. to see it. Um, yeah, no, it's this, um, it's something that I know is on a lot of people's minds and it's, mm-hmm. uh, I think it's something that, I, I don't know, it's been a long time coming maybe. Yeah, um, yeah and totally. I think is starting to become a bigger deal now that I, I guess part of what it is, is like the way that the internet, the internet's changed to like allow sort of independent, smaller creators to like get relatively mm-hmm. well known and like. <laughs> the line between like, okay, how do we interact with someone like with just individual people who happen to blow up versus like, how do we interact with like Marvel or something yeah, is right. like, it's a hard thing for people to, to navigate for sure. Right. Yeah. I, I actually had a chat, uh, with, with the avatar team, um, Mike and Brian, the co-creators, and then, uh, our editors, um, Joan, who works for Nickelodeon as an editor, and um, Dave, who's our editor at Dark Horse. And I was sort of airing some of my concerns and frustrations over some of the writing and, and how it would be perceived by by fans and whatever. And um, I, I, I asked them how they deal with fandom because they've definitely dealt with some, some of the darker sides of fandom. And um, Mike and Brian were like, well, it's it's ours, but it's not really ours anymore, right? It, it doesn't. Mm. It feels like it doesn't really entirely belong to us anymore, and so we've just learned to let go. <laughs> and they're like, we know that's like really cliched or like hard to do, but just you do the best you can. Um, and we've got. Uh, they're like, we have an Asian queer artist, and and Joan, our other editor, is is a queer lady as well, and so she overlooks all the writing, and so they're like, we're trying our best, and like that's all we can do. And I was like, yeah, I guess so. I, I guess I guess I just needed to hear that from people who'd been through the gauntlet. So, yeah, 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 uh, <laughs> <laughs> been tiring. Yeah, is a hard thing to deal with. Um, I've learned I had to just distance myself from the fandom. Yeah. No, I think that's good. I mean, I think mm-hmm. if you can, uh, I think doing that has been successful for a lot of people. And I think the, yeah. hard, the hard thing is when people um, feel like their success is premised on their like early reachability. Sure, sure. Yeah. Um, or that's like, definitely how I felt. Yeah. 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 And then learning to sort of cut back on that is like, um, is a really hard thing to learn, but, uh, yeah, no, it's, um, it's tough all around, I think. And I'm glad that people are sort of starting to have more of these conversations about how, yeah. we, how we deal with this stuff, because, um, it's hard on both ends, um, mm-hmm. um, as a creator and as, as a fan sometimes. So, mm-hmm. yeah. 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 Boundaries. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want that like sparkly gif, like, <laughs> like the more you know, yeah. shooting star. Uh, yeah, yeah. I definitely don't deal well with like over familiarity, and I feel like I, I feel like Twitter definitely like breeds that sort of feeling of closeness mm. with people, even if you may not be. And so, um, I mean, Twitter scales really poorly past like like six thousand followers. I feel like. Mm-hmm. And and when that started, when that weirdness started trickling in, I was like very prickly. I was like, you don't know me. Why are you talking to me like that? Like, <laughs> and Patrick's like, they're just trying to be nice. And I was like, I don't like it. Like, why are they talking to me like that? They can't talk to me like that. So <laughs> changed my notification settings to only people I follow. Mm-hmm. Been good. Mm-hmm. That's been good for me. <laughs> I'm learning good. to I'm learning to build my fences where they're appropriate. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's good. I'm glad. Uh, Because same. Yeah. 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 Do you get weird comments on Twitter like all the time? Oh, no. I mean, (laughs) not really. Yeah. I I mean, yeah, again, part of it is just like, I don't do a thing that's like where people are like, here's my interpretation of your thing that you made. Sure. sure. Someone someone is doing like, oh, I did a fan recording of your podcast. (laughs) 
That would, that be, would be sick. Please do that. No. Oh my gosh! I, and now that I've said that, I, uh, I'm we're gonna we're gonna call it woodland gossip. Ugh, yeah. Um, no, I'm really like deeply flattered whenever, like, because that doesn't happen to me very often. When it does, it's like, oh wow, this is amazing. I'm um, like, I have a few friends who um who do like uh voice work, mm-hmm. um. Or like, I also just like a few people f- who follow me do that. But um, there is, uh, uh, yeah, there are a few people who do that kind of stuff. And it's just like, they've recorded some of, uh, <laughs> like, some of my tweets on occasion. <laughs> and it's like, this is the greatest thing that has ever happened <laughs> to anyone. Because, <laughs> I guess um, we like, Taylor weird... Robin um, yeah. is... Like at Mothbeam, um, is so good at this. Um, she just has this like, she's I guess like a voice actor and posts things to Vogueru all the time. And it's like, thank you for bringing to life my like weird Overwatch like Twitter <laughs> fiction. <laughs> I mean, yeah, your Twitter game is amazing. Oh, thank so. you. <laughs> I think I guess we all have like, a weird like skewed idea of all of our each other's like like internet fame or whatever (laughs) so i'm like to me i'm like oh my god merit like oh that's so cool (laughs) i'm not that cool you're pretty cool (laughs) i can't flip anyone i um don't remember any katas i'm like not that cool (laughs) um i don't know what the uh what the vnr workstat is um, <laughs> wow, you really did deep cuts. Yeah. Damn. What damn. is that thing that I just mentioned? Because you mentioned somewhere that you are really deeply into it. Yes. Yeah, so the Wiener Werkstätte was uh, the Viennese Secessionists. It's a group of artists, basically, like the Impressionists and whatever. Um, but these guys were way cooler. Um, <laughs> it started in Vienna. Uh, it included people like um, Josef Hoffman, who was a uh, graphic designer and also like furniture designer and industrial designer. He did a bunch of stuff. Um, Klimt, uh, who, who does amazing paintings or did, um, Egon Schiele, who was sort of his student and then made his own stuff, uh, and a bunch of other people. Um, it was sort of, it's sort of the art nouveau-y kind of part of Vienna, um, but it was it was a little more designy than it was. Uh, well, I guess Art Nouveau is pretty designy. How to describe? Anyway, that's what they were. They were pretty much kind of the the cusp of Art Nouveau and and Art Deco. Um, and and I love ev- all the work that came from that group, um, particularly Klimt and Hoffman. Um, I guess Sheila's great too. Yeah. <laughs> now, have you been to Vienna? I did. So I went after college. I took a friend. Um, from art school and we sort of did our weird art pilgrimage across Europe Um, and one of our longest stops was in Vienna and we did this whole um, self-made tour looking at all the work of the Viennese secessionists and that was my nerdy nerdy Euro trip (laughs) just like the movie Euro trip (laughs) exactly just like that just like that movie in Bruges (laughs) Um, where they took that Euro trip uh so would you say Vienna is your favorite European city? Um, no, I think Paris is my favorite European mm. city. Yeah. Uh, Paris. They're much nice, nicer to you in Paris if you speak French, which is what I learned. Oh, yes. Very <laughs> much. Very much. Um, they kind of feel like New Yorkers in that, like, like, this is our city and it's the best city kind of way. But, yeah, they're way nicer if you speak French with them. <laughs> I bet. Yeah. I When I was in Paris, I think I tried to speak my broken high school French. <laughs> Um, it, uh, didn't go over great, <laughs> but oh, I could man. read things. So yeah, there you go. that was fine. And it's not like they can't understand you. They just don't no. answer back. <laughs> yeah. Um, I took my mom with me and so she was just like, you can speak to everyone for me. Right. And I was like, oh yeah, sure. Um, and I was it was great. I did fine up until this one day where uh, I my grammar got corrected by someone serving us wine. And I was mm. like, wow. All right. Well, noted. Thank you. 
Ja. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Paris, Vienna. Where else? Where else do you go on this magical mystery tour? And um, so for the Euro trip itself, let's see. We went to uh, Barcelona, which was mm. cool, but like not our vibe for our like art nerd uh really you're not yeah. a you're not a uh uh what's his oh, name well, we looked at all the dolly stuff um and, and, the Ga- and gaudi yeah and gaudi like yeah park well we did yeah that's very true. nice okay maybe i've just blacked that part out of my mind <laughs> well but maybe there's not as much like visual art in the city it's more architecture maybe yeah that's true i i was blown away by learning how gaudi did the perfect arches which is he figured out that if you for his models, his mini models, at least, he would hang a string upside down. And so it would make a perfect parabola. And then uh-huh. he would put wax on it. And so it would freeze that way. Yes. And then he flipped it over and it was a perfect arch. And I was like, damn, that's clever. Wow. Uh, but like we were kind of in an area where it was mostly like college kids partying and going to the beach and oh. getting drunk. And it kind of wasn't Like a lot scene. of English kids? Yeah, actually. Yes, yeah. because that's a thing. Kids from England go to Spain uh, on holiday. And maybe Barcelona, I think Mallorca is a big mm-hmm. uh, yeah. uh, destination for that kind of thing as well. Uh, the but, one day uh, we did go to the beach and try to get drunk, um, these French they looked like college guys, uh, came up to me and said, ni hao. Oh my, oh no. And so I swore back at them in <sighs> French and they went away. Oh. <laughs> uh, uh. oh, I really liked Berlin. I loved Berlin. Mm, yeah. It was a really chill city. Really cool. Did you um, like party all night in Berlin? We did. We went to this nightclub that's like, it's a it's an entire building, I guess, and so each floor has a different like theme. Um, and then we lost. Uh, <laughs> I had been charged with this bill of money that I was supposed to use to buy our uh, cab <laughs> home or whatever. Um, but I lost it, and I felt really bad. But my friend was like, "Whatever, it's fine, it's funny," um, which is great. Which is a great reaction to have to your friend losing money. But <laughs> we we ended up chilling on the roof with these. Uh, I think they were. Maybe they were, I think they were Dutch tourists or, or Swedish, I forget. Um, and we all just hung out and chilled together until the, the sun came up and the train started running again. Then we caught a train back. That sounds so fun. When I was in Berlin, <laughs> it was super cold. And oh, um, no. yeah, because I did, I did kind of a similar trip, but it was <laughs> over uh, over winter break when I was living, gotcha. when I was in school in, uh, <laughs> in England. And uh, yeah, so it was like great because like, there were very few tourists in any of the places that I went. Yeah. Um, but that was because it was horribly cold. It was so cold <laughs> is the thing about it. Um, but no, Berlin is, is really cute. It it's great. Really nice. Apparently, like, very affordable. That is what I hear. Yeah, I was surprised to learn that. I A was there during artists. Euro Cup, so it was crazy. But oh, yeah. 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 Um, where else did I go? I went to Prague, which was cool. Um, I, I feel like we didn't have to spend more than like two days in Prague though. Mm. Um, like not that much to do there. Well, there's, um, you, you have to see the defenestrations. Yeah. You yep. gotta see the defenestrations. Yep. That was amazing. They're so good. They do reenact them every day. I kind of regret not driving out to go see the catacombs. I heard they're like really cool and creepy. But mm, there's that weird <sighs> squashed building. There's that. Mm-hmm. Um, I forget. What we that's did a called. ghost tour, which was pretty cool. Oh, yeah, it was really neat. There's like a lot of like architectural artifacts um, that like you just don't notice otherwise, but that are really creepy. Okay, creepy. so the whole like boom in when did when did ghost tours like start being a thing? Because like. Oh. There are such a tourist staple everywhere. Oh, yeah. It's so I, funny. Like I did the uh, the Jack the Ripper ghost tour. Oh my in God, yes, everyone does. Um, did you uh, did you do the Harry Potter tour? For, like serial killer story. <laughs> <laughs> I was like a really morbid kid that wanted to study like criminal psychology and work in a like maximum security prison and study psychopaths. Like, huh? Did you watch Silence of the Lambs very young? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that'll do it. Yeah, I watched. I was really into whodunits. Like, I have literally seen every episode of Murder, She Wrote, because inside I'm like a 70-year-old woman. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. 
<laughs> Murder, She Wrote, Columbo, Law and Order, SVU, uh, or was uh, Criminal Intent. That was my favorite one. But yeah. Which one's Criminal well, Intent? It's the psychological one. It has Gorm and Eames. It has a... That's where they intend to do a crime. <laughs> right? It's, it's where they, like, get the confession out of someone just by, like, psychologically oh, manipulating yeah, them. Yeah. That's so cool. <laughs> so realistic. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Do you like uh, who else? Who are some other detectives? Um, what's his name? Mustache. Mustache. Uh, Poirot. Do you like? Are yeah, you a Poirot, Poirot fan? I've read. I've read the Poirot stuff. You're. Um, I read all of Sherlock Holmes as a kid. Um, yeah, really into that stuff. I don't know why. <laughs> oh, uh, I don't know if you ever read these books, but they were. It was like a series for kids called Encyclopedia Brown. Uh, and yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, yes. absolutely. Oh my god, I don't know anyone else who knows those books. That's so crazy. All I remember from them is like there was one thing where like uh, there was like some weird exchange where like some kid was like, "I have this sword that's from the First World War and like it's worth like a million dollars or something." I and remember this. You what? I remember this? You remember this? And you had to look up the answer in the back. Yeah. What and the, the answer, answer? Well, the answer was like, because it had this inscription that was like, to someone, someone for this service during the First World War. And Encyclopedia Brown was like, oh, they it wouldn't, wouldn't say the First, the First World, World War. War. <laughs> you dummy. Like, <laughs> but kids are pretty dumb. So, I mean, that would, that would work. I don't know anyone else who knows those books. Yeah. They weren't Canadian. Like, they were American, right? American. Yeah. They're I just, think they're they're like old too. They're like from like the fifties or sixties. Okay, I'm looking these up right now. Um, he oh, they're from the sixties. Whoa, oh dog. Yeah. Um, yeah, damn. <laughs> That's wild. There was a comic strip. There was an Wait, HBO series. Whoa, what? In on ni- <laughs> in 1989. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh, bring HBO, dear HBO, bring back Encyclopedia please, Brown. I don't care about Twin Peaks. Please bring back Encyclopedia Brown. Please. In uh, in the 90s on, I think it was Nickelodeon? Maybe it was Disney. It was Nickelodeon. There was this show called The Mystery Files of Shelby Woo. And that sounds super familiar. Yes. And she was this amazing like teenage Asian girl that I never saw on TV every anywhere else. Right. Except this girl. And she would solve mysteries. And that was like my favorite thing ever. And her, the actress's name I think is also Irene. It's like Irene Ng. It is. So, yeah. I was like obsessed with this show. And then it just like disappeared. I think Pat Mordita was on it too. He, yeah. Um, <laughs> it, this, it was Canadian or Canadian American. Oh, yeah, That's right. That's right. Oh my God. I remember the show. Um, yeah. Okay. Who else? Oh my god! I've been told I need to listen to the the My Favorite Murder podcast because uh-huh. like exactly this. <laughs> this <laughs> show ran for first. like four seasons. Damn! Like for a Nickelodeon <laughs> kids show, that's pretty good. I guess it was like they were making it at the same time they were making Space Cases. Oh my god! Which features? I'm not sure. Did you ever see that show? Uh, yeah. A young jewel state. Nah. Uh huh. Yes, absolutely. I only remember her from Firefly. No, the Disney show where, oh my God, what was it called? It's like her and her brother, I think. Oh, flash forward. Flash forward. <laughs> <laughs> what? Do you remember, um, uh, what was it? Alex Mack. Oh God. Absolutely. I remember <laughs> Alex Mack. Alex Mack was, like, the fucking coolest. Yeah, she just turned into, like, a weird nuclear pole. Like, I absolutely <laughs> wanted to be... I think everyone I knew wanted to be Alex Mack because, like, okay, like, mind powers, turn to a puddle. Um, was that all her powers? She can move... She had telekinesis. Yeah. She like, tr- kind of minor stuff, yeah. She could, like, turn to a, pod- a puddle. Um, the puddle was the best thing, though. That was, was my so favorite good. thing. And, like, she could go through doors and stuff. Yeah, and it was, like, really rudimentary, like, <laughs> computer <laughs> rendering. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, my God. How long did that show? There were four seasons of that show as well. Oh, my wow. God. And, and the mean girl in that show is is uh, Jessica Alba. Oh, my God, it is. Yeah. And her, her character's <laughs> name is Jessica. No. 
Oh my god. Oh my god. That's so much. Oh gosh. Yeah, I think I was like I was the perfect age for like all the the Disney Channel original movies like um Oh wait, and there was that Disney show so weird. Did you ever watch that? So weird. Yeah, it's like this, <laughs> this girl named Fiona uh, or or Fee or whatever they call her and her mom is like a a, a rock band front woman and so she they like tour the country and Fiona has this weird obsession and connection with the supernatural and so every episode <laughs> is like this weird exploration of weird occult things. Um but I watched a lot of like what's that movie? Smart House um this sounds like you're just putting two words together now (laughs) so weird smart house there was like a rollerblading movie that i saw Uh, brink it's called brink oh my god um okay so i have to admit uh growing up growing up in canada our television options were tragically limited um (laughs) as a child as a kid because like we didn't get Cartoon Network. We didn't get Disney mm. Channel. Like, those were prestige channels. Like, they were gotcha. super expensive for us for a long time. Um, and, like, we only got our own cartoon channel. God, it was, like, I don't know. I was, like, 10, I think, before we – there was, like, a dedicated, like – it was called Teletoon. Um yeah. But yeah, we didn't have like a lot of this stuff. So like a lot of the Disney Channel shows that people are really into that I, I would yeah, have been yeah. into if I'd Just... grown up in the States, I um, I never saw. I only saw the ones that were Canadian-American because they aired on Canadian TV sh- uh, channels. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, although so weird, American-Canadian. So um, ah. maybe I have seen a little bit of that, but... Hmm. Huh. <laughs> oh, Alex Mack could zap things too. Oh, that's, yeah, I remember that, yeah. yeah. Also, uh, as of one day ago, uh, The Secret World of Alex Mack is coming to DVD. Oh, my gosh. Do people still buy DVDs? Oh, my, and and Alex Mack, too? Like, I guess it I mean, hadn't no, been, I mean, a lot of those old shows have never been really collected. That's true. Maybe I'll is, go and buy it. Maybe. I probably won't. Um, what has Larissa Olenek been up to? She um, was she, in 10 she, Things I Hate About You. She was? Apparently. Okay. She uh, began acting in a production of Les Mis. Um, <laughs> nice. She was Young Cassette and Young, okay. Epi- and young Eponine. Um, does that work? I'm just... All right. Okay. Um, yeah, she was Bianca in 10 Things I Hate About You. Okay. She was in 21 episodes of Third Rock from the Sun. Excuse me? What? Sorry, oh. what? I love the IMDb black hole. This is Sorry, great. Wait, no, this is very important. Uh, this is <laughs> this is critical because I do not remember this. Wait, that's a lot of episodes. That's like an entire season. That's very of- important and very good. But this is more of those things. Um, <laughs> She was in Malcolm in the Middle. Okay. She was... Uh, in a later season when Reese joins the army, she's Reese's, uh, according to Wikipedia, Reese's uh, lesbian army buddy who develops a crush on Lois. Wow. Th- their mom. So that's incredible. Oh, wow. Uh, oh, oh, my God. Oh, my God. She was in SV- <laughs> She was in an episode of SVU in 2016. Hell yeah, she was. <laughs> 2016. Oh, my God. I'm just going to look that up now. Oh, oof. Well, oh no, she was in Atlas Shrug Part Two. Ooh, Yikes. wait, there's a Part Two. Is, um, there, a, is there a thing on TV? Fuck. Well, okay, Part One was in the uh, theaters, like it was a movie in 2011, I think. That did, oh, I do remember this. It did not recoup its budget. Um, and part two was like direct to, to DVD I kind of thing. Think it may have also gone into some very no, it it went it, it was in some theaters. Um, okay, limited release. It uh yeah, <laughs> selected the engagements. Um, it has a four percent fresh rating on Rotten wow on, on the tomato site. Wow. Um, 
Even if you overlooked the production values from a 1986 porno and special effects like something your nephew cooked up on his Mac, the movie's yay money zingers are just a big bad of sad, said Scott Tobias of the AV Club. Wait, no, he gave the film a grade of F. That person was the New York Post's Kyle Smith, so everyone hated it. Um, and rightfully so. Wow. <sighs> um. I hope people got paid, but I'm glad it bombed. <laughs> I hope uh, I hope um, Larissa Olnenek's doing all right. <laughs> That's I've uh, she was in Mad Men. What? Sorry, what? I had never saw most of these shows, so I'm like, excuse me. She was in Mad Men from 2010 to 2015. Wow. Okay, so she's kept active. That's good. Yeah, good for her. I mean, I think she's probably doing all right. Um, uh, sounds we, steady. We wish her the best. Um, <laughs> Shout outs to Alex Mack. Yeah, I'm sure she does not, uh, you know, resent being just. Uh, sorry, I found an internet archive link to this. I called <laughs> Larissa online, and uh, it's very good. Um, I can I read you some quotes from us yes. because it's very good. Um, being a teenager does not have to be all about bad moods, it's parental fights, and peer pressure woes. Just look at Larissa Olenek, star of The Secret World of Alex Mack. Like all teenage gillers, Larissa thinks a lot about guys. I'm boy obsessed, oh. admits Larissa. I have a lot of little obsessions. Can you guess who she thinks is the most beautiful boy in the world? Oh my uh, god. Keep, keeping in mind this is... I think you can definitely get this because this is like, okay, Alex Mack is what, like 96, uh, 94 to 98. So we'll split the difference. Call it 96. Who do you think? Larissa Elena. Leo? It's Leo. Of course oh it's Leo. God. It's always, it's only Leo. It couldn't be anyone but Leo. <laughs> the face uh, of the 90s. Also name drops, no doubt. <laughs> Her yeah. idol is Gwen Stefani, and she's obsessed with Leo DiCaprio. She is the avatar nice. of the 1990s. <laughs> Larissa Olenek, we salute you. Um, wow. Oh, yeah. Wow. Well, that is like the bulk of this show, although <laughs> I we did spend a lot of time on Larissa Olenek, but I don't think we've talked about her at all on this show before, so... um. You know, she deserves it. But there is one segment that we do right at the end that I spring on guests and that I have not yet remembered to remind them of that it exists. And um, that segment is called Recommendations. Okay. Uh, And the idea is that you recommend something and I recommend something. And that thing can be uh, a piece of media. It can be Mm -hmm. an animal. It can be um, a meal at a restaurant it can be um a temperature it can be um you know just uh uh, one of the many works of larissa olenek um it's really up to you and since again i did not tell you about this going in i i i can go first if you like um sure uh, although I also forgot that this segment exists as I, I have... actually have one that popped into my oh, mind. Then right please, now. please. I, maybe someone has already recommended this, but my recommendation for everyone to watch. And if, if you're sick of, of getting your daily news from like Twitter or like, you know, that stuff, the best late night talk show that goes to the news for you is Jesus and Miro on Vice. Oh, hell yes. No one yes. has recommended this yet, actually. Really? Well, Jesus this, this has Miro. only been a segment for a few weeks. Um, but yes, very good New York-based, uh, just killer Vice show. So cool. They just, like, get high and hang out and talk about the news, and it's amazing. <laughs> they are the best. They're I so good. I also like that they follow, like, like, uh, like hip-hop, like, beefs, <laughs> and, and and like Carmelo Anthony and and random internet videos like that's my favorite shit. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's good stuff. That's great. That's a good rack. Good, good, good. Well, I okay. am going to recommend um a couple of things that are sort of the same thing. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to recommend an album by cool. a friend and friend of the show, uh, Krista Isabel Lee. And the album is called Welcome to the Fantasy Zone. Mm-hmm. And you can go to opoorpup.bandcamp.com and you'll find it there. And um, I believe there is a sequel to that coming out very soon. But it is uh, just really incredible music inspired by oh, the Sega Genesis. Oh my gosh, I love Welcome to the Fantasy Zone. Um, I love Welcome to the Fantasy Zone. I forgot someone posted this in a Slack group I'm in, and I just listened to it nonstop. It's very good. It's uh, so good. Um, I will never get over the fact that the Genesis was called the Mega Drive in the UK yes. and elsewhere. Yes. I guess they were too embarrassed to have, you know, they were just like, there's no way we can call a console the Genesis here. <laughs> I mean, our country is is just run by by Genesis in this the 1980s um basically i think uh P- you know like peter gabriel and awesome. oh yeah god uh phil collins just really owned that country uh so they were like no no can do lads Enough. we already got Enough. one in it we we already is we, we we are that in it um it's gotta be the mega drive donut um <laughs> And that's my perfect flawless Phil Collins. Um, but also, if you listen to Welcome to the Fantasy Zone and you enjoyed that particular work, um, you should hire Krista to do music for you because that is a thing yeah. that she is looking to do is to do work for music. So um, check out, everyone should go check out that album. And if you're someone who is the hiring music people, then... Oh, she has a Patreon too. Good. And also, she has a Patreon. Um, and yeah, I think Welcome to the Fantasy Zone Model Two is coming out. Is oh, it's coming out on July fifth. So that's <gasps> very exciting. So it's soon. just a few weeks. So um, keep your eyes peeled for that. Ears peeled, I guess. Yes. <laughs> keep keep all your orifices peeled, peeled and ready. Back. You should yes. peel your. I don't know. Eyes peeled. That sounds horrible. Whoever made that phrase didn't think that one mm, through. No, put that in the. The first drafts trash trash bin. <laughs> uh, they didn't they didn't have Twitter to workshop it, so it's like they did not. Well, um, I think that basically brings us to the end of the show. But this has been so much fun. Thank you it's so, so much great for having me to talk me. to you. Yeah, I'm so happy that we were finally able to get you on. Do you want to tell people where they can find your stuff online? Yeah, sure. I'm on Twitter at, at coquette, K O H Q U E T T E. And my website is uh, co, K O H dot money. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Gotta love those new TLDs. <laughs> Got it. You're an early adopter. That's so great. Yeah, there was a dot studio, and I was convinced by everyone that I should just go with dot money instead. So. It's very good. I The only reason that I haven't fully moved to, to new TLDs is that I'm afraid that old people will also be like, oh, I should need to add a dot com to the end of this. Oh, yeah. Um, yes. So in the cases when I have done that, I've like been like, I better get the dot com as well. Just put the old redirect on there. But uh, yeah, no, I mean, um, I think we're entering a brave new world where people can accept that a TLD doesn't have to look like a .com or a .co.uk. You know, we can accept a a multitude of TLDs and all of them are valid. You know, there's like a tiny text on my website that says co-money, co-problems. Of course there is. (laughs) Of course there is. Because I'm I'm sorry to talk to me. (laughs) No, it's it's perfect. I love it. It's incredible. Well, thank you again for having me. You were so easy to talk to. You it's too. So fun. And <laughs> well, now I'm like gonna go into this black hole of finding um what's her name? Larissa what now? I can't <laughs> Larissa Lane. <Lane-Nick. laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm so curious now. I, yeah, you gotta go watch the uh, SVU. I'm gonna find that SVU episode, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, um, I will talk to you later and um, yeah, have a great day. Thanks. You too. Bye. Bye.
Woodland Secrets is hosted by Merrick Kay and produced and edited by me, Nick Bravo. Woodland Secrets is a part of Stay Mean, the world's only podcast network. We're entirely listener-supported. If you enjoy the show, please consider becoming a patron of Stay Mean at woodlandsecrets.co support. For as little as three bucks a month, you'll get access to a monthly newsletter and frequent bonus episodes of our shows. If you'd like to have a message read on the show, head to woodlandsecrets.co messages. You can help people find out about the show. Please mention us on Twitter. We're at Woodland Podcast and at Stay Mean Co. Or rate and review us in iTunes. We really appreciate it. Thanks for listening.